0: So tonight, on that idea of thanksgiving, we're going to look at a psalm of thanksgiving. A psalm of thanksgiving. Psalms chapter 136. 136 is where we're going to be at. I'm actually just going to read through it. we got time tonight. I won't be too long, I promise. I promise. It's 26 verses. I would like to just read it. It's a beautiful psalm about thanksgiving. I'll give you just a minute to turn there, and I'll begin reading. Psalm 136 says O give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever O give O give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever O give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endureth forever to him who alone doeth great wonders for his mercy endureth forever to him that by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the heaven above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse number seven. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sheon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever, and Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever, and gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever, even an heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate? for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray, and we'll look at this psalm of thanksgiving for a few moments. Lord, we're thankful, and we're just so privileged to be here tonight, to be able to have this time set apart, uh, and this is not something we do just because of thanksgiving. We come every Wednesday because folks want to hear from you and um, want to hear from your word. Something that will change your life, something that will encourage them, something that they can share with other folks. And we ask that uh, that would still continue on tonight. Help us as we look through Psalm 136. In Jesus' name, amen. No doubt there's a call to thanksgiving. A call to thanksgiving. As we look at God's goodness, I believe is the first thing that we see. Make sure my clicker's on. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. There's a call to give thanks. And I think if there was anything that we could use today, it's probably to be a little bit more thankful. American culture for sure. I'm not familiar with many different parts of the world and the culture there and how society is, but all I know is that Americans can be pretty ungrateful especially Americans that are my age group can be there very unthankful it's the reputation that we've gotten that god somehow that people somehow owe us something that god owes us something we have these high expectations that the government owes us something that our parents owe us something when you turn 16 your parents owe you a car. Your parents owe you new clothes every time you want them. No hand-me-downs. New stuff. Not the case with my boys. We could use a little bit of thankfulness. Get so centered when I when I talk to Her- when I talk to Harold Vaughn and of course uh, hearing his messages that he preached for revival just this last week. One, the one thing for me that kind of that stuck with me is when he mentioned about that our prayers are often man-centered versus God-centered. Because we usually come to God asking for a whole bunch of things. Instead of them being God-centered and offering this thanksgiving, this attitude of thanksgiving to God. And so we come to this passage here, and I don't see this psalmist asking God for anything. It's a time that he can just give thanks unto God, kind of like Thanksgiving, I believe. It's the time where we sit around and we say, wow, hey, for us as believers, God has been good to us. We're talking about the big things. We're not talking about, oh, God gave me my new Cadillac this year. No offense, Mr. Carlos, if he's in here. My new Cadillac, no offense. It's a nice car, by the way. God gave me this new toy that I can play with. God gave me this, oh God, these little things. I'm thankful for my puppy dog. I think God cares about those things. Please don't get me wrong. God cares about the little things. And I'm thankful that God cares about the little things in our life. And he cares that there's things that make us happy and give us joy. But this time of thanksgiving is much bigger than those very superficial things. It gets down into the things which really matter. Just an hour ago, hour and a half ago, I was down at Hope hospice you folks remember um the Stevensons, Carson Stevenson, and his wife roberto Rober- Roberta Roberto <laughs> I've made worse mistake, believe me Roberta I was down there, and I got to talk with him he was you know he wasn't you know of course in his right mind he was uh, they drugged him up because he had a procedure done on his, on his foot. To, he had an infection, and they were taking care of him. Uh, but while we were there, we weren't talking about, oh, they have such a nice house. We weren't, they weren't talking about those things. They weren't bringing up those very superficial things that we often bring up in conversation when we talk about things that we're thankful for. It was the real stuff. It was a family. It was family who had stuck by him. It was that, wow, these last 10 years have really been difficult, but we've had a good time together, and God's blessed us. He's always provided for us. Big things, salvation, things that are going to, I would say, last eternal, and all these superficial things kind of fade away. So this, this Thanksgiving, when you're asked maybe to have a little time of Thanksgiving, Let's focus on the things. Imagine if you were on your deathbed like that man. What would you be thankful for? What would you be thankful for? This psalmist hits it right on the on the button. He, he talks about God's goodness. And if there's anything that we can be thankful about, I believe it's nothing less than God's goodness. And so he writes about all these, he writes about, how good God is but there's an overwhelming theme that I see throughout the verse not just about thanksgiving but his mercy endureth forever his mercy endureth forever 26 times he repeats that same phrase i think there was a point trying that he was trying to drive home that god's mercy endures forever i'm thankful that jesus is the same yesterday today and forever that he doesn't Change his mind. That he doesn't love me one minute, but the next minute he casts me aside. I'm thankful that for all eternity, I'll get to spend life with him. And he's not going to kick me out, show me the door. I'm thankful that even though I don't have much to bring to the table, he still loves me. And that's never going to change. His mercy endureth forever. And then we see, of course, God's goodness. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For he is good. Is God good tonight? Is God good? Absolutely, he is 100% good. And if we have nothing else to be thankful for, we can be thankful that simply that God is good. And his mercy endures forever. The people that are the most thankful, I believe, are the people who have no expectations with God. The people who have a grip on what God's mercy actually is and that God doesn't owe you anything and that God doesn't owe me anything. When I start feeling like God's done me wrong, it's because I have an expectation that is above what I should have. And why, when I expect that, I'm always gonna remain healthy. I'm set up for failure. I'm set up to possibly be bitter at God and to be offended at God. When I have an expectation that my wife and I are going to live happily ever after, and we're gonna both live long lives and get a little mobile home down here in Southwest Florida, 55 and older community, and live out our glory days, and it doesn't happen, I can get offended at God because I have a false expectation. But God is good beyond maybe those surface things that we like to go to. Maybe health. Health is big. It's important. But it's not the goodness I'm talking about when it comes to that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and rose again. And in simple faith, when we place our trust in him, we have eternal life, which can never be taken away. God is good. I love the psalm that says, what is man that God is mindful of him? Sit back and think about who God is and who we are. And we begin to see real fast that God is very good in his mercy. When we didn't deserve anything, God showed us love anyways. That when we were unlovable, that God loved us. When he had no reason to desire us, he still chose us. That's huge. That's big. That's massive. That's enough to take you through tomorrow for Thanksgiving. God is good. Also we see here in the next verse the same theme of God's goodness is, oh give thanks, again the next three verses, oh give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever. Our God is not just like any other God. He is the God of gods. There's a lot of so-called gods that have come by, lowercase g, a lot of gods that have come by, and they have swayed massive groups of people to believe false doctrine and false religion. And they've offered some philosophical insight. But I can tell you, the philosophical insight that God offers to us in his word is far beyond what those so-called religious men and those other gods have offered. He is the God of gods. I'm thankful that my God hears and answers prayer. Hears and answers prayer. Millions and billions of people all around the world, probably even right now at this moment, are casting out their prayers to an unknown God somewhere that they think that their prayers are being heard and that it's making some sort of impact in their life, but it's making absolutely no impact whatsoever, and their prayers aren't getting outside the ceiling of their room. But we have a God who not only loves us, but he hears and answers prayers, and he is active in our life. He is literally the God of gods. But the psalmist doesn't stop there. He goes and he says that he's not only the God of gods, but he is also the Lord of lords, referring to kings. Before he was referring to spiritual things. Now he's referring to kings, the Lord of lords. There's been a lot of, there has been a lot of great leaders throughout civilizations worldwide, who have done great things, who have conquered great countries and great lands. I'm thankful for presidents that we've had that have chosen to do the right thing. Nobody's perfect, but they've done the right thing. Leaders. But there's none that compares to God Almighty. We've been going over in my uh, Sunday school class, we've been going over the end times, and this last week we touched Briefly on the millennial kingdom and when Christ is going to come back and he is going to rule and reign a thousand years There's going to be peace and uh, any trouble That comes up is going to be dealt with right away and I can't even wrap my mind's or mind around What it actually would be like having Jesus as your king, but all I know is he is the king of kings Harold Vaughn mentioned that when we start to pray we should just tell, brag on God a little bit. I had one prayer meeting before one of the, I had one time of prayer with him before one of our meetings, and that's what he did. The man bragged on God. And I'll tell you this, I haven't heard a lot of that in a while. Kind of getting our routine, the same old, same old. What the psalmist is doing is he's simply bragging on God, that God is good, he's merciful, but he's the God of God's. He's the king of kings. And by the way, he's saying these things not to get something from God in return, but he's offering these things up as praise and as thanks because of who God is. And simply because he wants God to know and glory to come to the name of God. Imagine if every time that I told Heather that I loved her, I asked her for something. Imagine how that would go. Some maybe 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 some people do that, I don't know. Honey, I, I love you. Can I go out with the guys tonight? Seriously, can I go? Out? Honey, um, honey, I love you. Um, I'm really looking at getting upgrading my Jeep to a four door. Uh, I love you, honey. Honey, I love you, and you're the best ever. So happy to have you as a wife. Um, my stomach's rumbling a little bit. Can I have something to eat? That would be foolish. That'd be silly. She wouldn't appreciate that she would catch on real quick that all I'm doing is i'm um, saying how much I love her anytime that I need something, and there's times by the way, I believe in life when you can get to such a desperate place that all you can do is cry out to God and you've got to get an answer quick and right now, and you're about to fall apart, I get that, but it shouldn't always be the case. I had trouble thinking back in my mind when the last time. I went to God and didn't ask Him for anything. I had trouble because it's been a while. I'm trying to change that, I'm trying to do better. Brag on God a little bit. Talk about how good He is. Thank Him for simply being who He is. So we see God's goodness. We see, number two, God's power. We see God's power. To Him who alone doeth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever he do he does great wonders some in this room we could spend more time than we have we could go around the room and talk about the great wonders that God has done in their life we wouldn't have enough time to do it but I know it's the case he goes and in this he describes he uses this great wonders and he refers to creation but I believe that the god of creation if he can put the stars in the sky he can light them and they're not incinerating and burning out, I believe that if he can fashion the earth and separate the land from the water and make places inhabitable for humans in this big, gigantic universe that stretches further than any of us can even imagine, who even knows how far it goes? Maybe to infinity, I don't know. But I feel like if there's a God that can do that, he can take care of me. And the little insignificant things that take place in my life, what little faith I have when I'm going through a difficult circumstance, what little faith I have when I don't think that God, number one, knows what I'm going through, number two, that he's actually going to do anything about it, number three, that he actually could do it. Little faith, such little faith. He says, to him that by wisdom made the heavens, his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth, Above the waters, his mercy endureth forever. To him that made the great lights, his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, his mercy endureth forever. We have the moon to rule by, the moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. Have you thought about how God fit this whole thing together and how it functions just perfectly? And as creationists, we believe that the Earth is somewhere around 6,000 years old. You can argue a little bit about that, a few years if you want, but somewhere around 6,000 years old. By the way, don't forget Grady McMurtry. Tell your friends about it. We'd love to hear him coming up January. But that this thing still just works perfectly. It's a fine-tuned machine, and we know that because of the curse of sin, it's degrading. The genetic code isn't getting better; it's getting worse. We understand that. Um that things aren't getting better. They are getting worse. They're winding down, but it's at such a slow rate. But God has this thing all worked together just perfectly. When the sun goes down, the moon gives us light at night. It's just an amazing, an absolutely amazing thing. And I don't see how anybody could look out there and just say, This happened by chance. It's by God and God alone. And he brags upon God here. It's wonderful. To him, he he switches to God's deliverance. We've seen um, we've seen God's goodness, God's power, but God's deliverance. He, he remembers some big times in Israel's life when God came through for them. And it's not a bad idea to think back and thank God for the times that he's come through for you and that he's come through for me. And when, this time of Thanksgiving, it's not just talking about how good he is in the sense of him himself, but how he's actually taking care of you and supplied for you. So he says, to him that smote Egypt in their firstborn. My clicker is very slow today, I apologize. And brought out Israel from among them. His mercy endureth forever. Verse 12. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, his mercy endureth forever. He goes on and he talks in verse number 13, I believe, about the Red Sea. To him that divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's go. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, his mercy endureth forever. When I look back at all the circumstances, the big circumstances, I feel that God has brought me through. They seem so insignificant to what really is important and how they, they seem much bigger at the time than they really were, I think, in the grand scheme of things. But I think that's just how life is. In the moment, this is all that matters. This is all that our attention can think about. And these children of Israel, when they are leaving Egypt in God's deliverance and he brought them out of captivity, this was huge. It was a pivotal moment to them. But we read through this and think, I read about the Red Sea and I think, wow, that's nothing for my God to do. And he did it. That even though Pharaoh's army tried to get after them, that God delivered them and came through for them. It's also interesting to think that when God's got his hand on you, nothing's going to stop you. When God has his hand on you, nothing's going to stop you. Nobody's going to take you out. No matter how many evil people are out there, maybe you have evil family members, just heard about something else with some uh, evil people, evil relatives. Worried about them, concerned about them. Hey, God's got it under control. And it seems maybe like a big deal. Something really huge. But in the grand scheme of things, we'll look back at this a million years from now. A million years from now, we'll look back and say, that was nothing. That was insignificant. Nothing for our God. He's a God of deliverance. How about he saved our souls from hell? I can't help but look back and think about Israel without thinking about the bondage of sin that man was in and that how God miraculously provided a sacrifice through Jesus Christ so we can be free from our sins and live a new life. And as we see here, which led his people through the wilderness and then also that they gave an inheritance. So he didn't just save us for nothing. He has a purpose for us. To him which smote great kings, I read this as well, and I I think about the story with Hezekiah and with Rabbishak. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Rabbishak, and how he came and he was talking smack to them and telling them that we're going to defeat you just like we've defeated everybody else. Your God, the God of Israel, is just going to be another God on our checklist. It's just going to be another notch on our belt. To the way of controlling this whole civilization and this whole area, your God's just like the rest of them, but He's not. He defeated great gods. He he I mean great kings. He defeated and he slew famous kings. And he lists some of the kings actually by name: Shion, the king of the Amorites, and he lists another one, king of uh, Bashan, Og, the king of Bashan. Israel was 100 for 100 every time that they were doing the right thing for God. You ever thought about that? They never lost a victory when God was on their side. They were always 100%. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. God was pulling them through. And in our lives, whenever we fail, because you can go back and look at Israel's history, and you can see, oh yeah, they got beat up quite a bunch. They got whipped by a bunch of different kings many different times. But that was because of their disobedience. And the only time that we ever lose in our Christian life, no matter how bad our circumstances and our situations are, and no matter what what we're facing, the only time we ever lose is when we don't obey God and we don't have faith in God and we take a detour off the path, even something as insignificant as when Achan, Achan took those little, small few trinkets. But you know, God came through on all those other times, 100%. So if you're going into something big this week, if you got some family members coming over to your house, some unsafe family members, and you know that it could end up in a rile, hey, trust God. Trust God. He's bigger than our problems. He gave the land as an heritage. Of course, again, in the last one we have here, coming up is number four. We see... God's provision, his provision. Our last slide here. Verse 23, who remembered us in our low estate for his mercy endureth forever. When we were absolutely nothing, God remembered us. When there was no reason that he should have chosen us, he chose us. In our lowest estate, he picked us up out of the miry clay and set our feet on a rock. I don't know if you ever like to think back about what your life used to be before you met Jesus, but I know that my life was a wreck. Even at such a young age, I was rebellious, I was out of control, I was totally self-centered, living my life for myself without any care of anybody else, and I gave no I, I gave no account to God whatsoever in my life. Didn't care about the things of God whatsoever, and how wrong I was. And even through all that, God worked through in my life to where this is where I'm here today. And we get this idea many times. We sit in our services, and we're all polished up, and we look pretty good. We've come a long way, and we take it for granted without remembering back to our lowest state. When we were nothing, and God picked us up and set us on a firm foundation. Verse 24, Verse 24, and he hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Two more verses. Who giveth food to all flesh. This is one of those small things. For us, this is a small thing. When we bow our heads and we pray and we say, thank you, God, for this food. For us, it's a very small thing because we have, we have, a, a, huge, we have a huge selection of food And nutrition, anything we want, we can get. We can go down to see the table. It'll knock your socks off. You'll walk in there. It's amazing. It's like a mall of grocery food. It's insane. It's insane. Easy not to be thankful for something as insignificant as food. But for people groups all around the world, it's a struggle sometimes. I never became, I'll say this, I never actually became, I would say, real thankful for my food until I had kids. Seriously, I'll explain. Yeah, It's true, they do eat a lot. Because I'm sitting there and when it's just, I'm married, it's just me and Heather. We can fend for ourselves. But when I got these two little young boys sitting here and I'm thinking about these other people around the world who have nothing to give their kids to eat. I mean, it just breaks my heart thinking that, man, imagine getting to the place where you don't have anything to even give your little small children. It's a big deal to thank God for food. And God has blessed America so much. We send missionaries all around the world who help with things like food and with hunger. Not only physical things, but with an effort to give them the gospel and to give them spiritual things. So not only do we thank God for the big, big things, but we thank him for the food. And by the way, it's nothing that we do that we get what we get. Our farmers, they take seeds, they plant them in the ground and they put water on it, but they don't make the seed grow. It's only by God's goodness that that thing begins to sprout up out of the surface and begins to develop into something that humans can consume. And when we think that we have something to do with it, or that that we are such on a pedestal that we could never lose what we have, we are deceived. But God is good, and he supplies for us. And lastly, he gives this refreshing statement right at the end. He begins the psalm in verse number one, with praise. Oh give thanks unto the Lord. And he begins and he ends the psalm with praise as well, with the idea of thanksgiving. Oh give thanks unto the God of heaven for his mercy endureth forever. If you don't get in the, if you haven't been in the habit of maybe going around the table and sharing something, you don't have to. But I would say it's a great time for reflection. And as we break up in prayer, Tonight, just a couple moments, we'll take some prayer requests. I challenge everybody when we break up together, share something. We're not probably going to go over to each other's houses. But we have an opportunity to share something that you're thankful for. Not superficial, something meaningful, something eternal. Something that you would be thankful for if you were on your deathbed. I'm thankful for the Word of God. A lot of people around the world don't have what I'm holding in my hand. And even if they get this, it's not in their language. They can't read it. I'm thankful for the Word of God today. Something that's eternal. I don't deserve this, but God has been gracious enough to let me have it. Hey, share something today as we when we pray. Share something that you're thankful for with the person you're praying with. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com,